Hi, and welcome to the Online Education Pod, a podcast produced by Suma. I'm Alex, your host. In this episode, I got the chance to sit down with Anders to talk about values and position statements. It was a fun episode, and I really hope you enjoyed this. So now, it's time to roll the jingle. Hello, Anders. Hello, Alexander. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm very well, thank you. Are you in a pod? I'm in a pod. In uh... double up in a pod, right? Can you can you explain to me how it can be double up in a pod? Yeah, I'm actually in the office. And uh, today we are many people in the office for the first time since the pandemic. So uh, now we really get uh, to utilize these pods which have been installed here during the pandemic. Yeah, we have four, three pods, right? Yeah, three. And it's uh, like a sure box, so <laughs> which is uh, quiet and very convenient to sit and record a pod in. And and it's a really good pod. It's from Framery. Yeah. Framery pods from Switzerland. Alexander, imagine now when people sit and listen to this pod or even view it, and you and I record a pod and you are in a pod. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very, very uh, meta. So uh, this is the first episode with you, Anders, that I have as a host since I came back from Parental Leap. So... Very nice to have you as a guest here. Very nice to be a guest. Both Jeff and I have really been longing for you to come back. Oh, that's nice to hear. I heard an episode with you and Doug, and I heard there was some discussion there who who was the most appreciated host. But uh, yeah, let's not talk more about that. And uh, I'll, I'll do my best here. Come with me. So the topics uh, for this podcast often um, come, uh, the ideas often come up from internal emails and so on. And a while ago, I read an email that you were discussing value proposition and positioning statement with a client. So I thought today we could uh, talk around that, that topic, if that's okay with you. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting that you read my emails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not, we're not going to go go down there. No. So, the first question, what is a positioning statement? If you and I now would google positioning statement or brand positioning statement and and if we would do it with the purpose of okay, we're going to create one. Then I think it's important that the full view, if you're going to do a branding foundation or a branding strategy, and, and you're already here, okay, so what is what? You you need to internally within a company decide what everything you put as a header means. So in my world, if you're about to do a brand profile, a brand profile needs a brand positioning the brand core values, the brand positioning statement, the brand vision, the brand personality, and the brand mission. And I mean, already now, um, 
it can start to get a bit blurry because there's a lot of people who sort of um, discuss, okay, what's the difference between a vision and a mission and what's the the sort of uh, difference between the state statement and the mission, et cetera, et cetera. So I think a key when you when you create steering documents or foundation is that you decide one what it means two what what it should include and most importantly three what shall we use this for so if we for example have three core values let's say that they decide that the core values this whoever company is no challenge and create okay what should we have those for and how shall we use them and should there be a difference between uh, what we internally need to do to be perceived as knowledgeable, challenging, and creative from the outside, or whatever it is? Long answer. I'm going to answer. In my world, a brand positioning statement uh, for every company is the most important message about the offering and therefore about ourselves. That's the brand positioning statement. But you can't create a brand positioning statement until you have decided the brand positioning, which in my world always is the wished for position for the company, the brand, and it must be, shall be, should be unique and distinctive versus the... um, identified competitors so first uh, the the wished for position and then the most important message which i think the the positioning statement is sometimes companies tend to use the brand positioning statement as the tagline as well but that isn't a must and that's not always a recommendation either so can you walk us through how um, a process looked like when you, because I know you've been involved in uh, in creating several brand positionings for uh, for clients. So typically, how how lo- does that project look like? What do you need to consider, and and what are the steps? I I have never been involved just creating that. I I'm often involved. And Suma is often involved in in doing the whole shitabang. Um, so so um, I would say often companies have an experience of whatever it comes to when it comes to brand. They they have forty seven slides in a PDF that no one reads. We we think at Suma that it's really important to you do this work. And other things, firstly, on a one-pager, meaning that you see everything at the same time and that you start the work by um, defining each header. You define what brand positioning means or brand vision or brand personality. You uh, define uh, or do an, an outline of a first draft or a first draft or a garbage draft or whatever you want to call it. And, and then you clearly think through okay when when this exists how do we use it and and how does it dance together with all the other things that we decide um so um that that is one thing when it comes to the approach the other thing is make sure that you involve a lot of stakeholders definitely the management team 
or the executive management team, global, global management team, or wh whatever they are referred to, do not do this just with marketing or with branding. Why is Make, that so important? Because you won't get any buy-in and, and you won't get, get sort of a good start of the implementation of it if you don't involve the right and, and the wrong people. Uh, when, I, when, I, when I say the wrong people, I love to involve people who are naysayers and, and who usually sort of are very skeptic. If you can make them understand, you can make everyone understand. So it's important to have people in the beginning that are a bit skeptic to this. Um, and then keep up the speed. Uh, do this uh, in an iterative way. Test it on different stakeholders internally. You can test it on externals. You need to know a lot about how we are perceived and positioned today. You could, you can speak to customers about it, both pre, during, and post that you created, especially when you, when you have a straightforward and good relation with the customers, you, you can involve them as well. What do you think are the main mistakes companies do when trying to formulate uh, a brand positioning? I think two things. One is outsourcing the brand strategy, meaning that you ask an agency in a six-agency uh, six company brief, and they do a pitch, and then you let them work for six to 12 months on something that uh, becomes a um, long PDF. The, the other thing is that you um, underestimate the value of what you decide here, meaning that you forget to do the implementation plan and the nurturing plan, that you um, forget to help and train the leadership in walking the talk, and that you actually involve people in breaking this down in, in work groups and breaking it down to an individual level. I, I usually say, let's call the brand um, X, then the first step is this is X, and then it's we are X, and then it's I am X. And I am certain that to make I am X happen, um, you need to use the core values um, as a basis for the one-to-one -one talks you have in a company. Whether you have it once a year or every month, you need to put it in and you need to start in some way measuring and following following up your colleagues based on if you decide that is the right thing, perhaps the core values. And how do you get individuals to actually, yeah, how do you communicate to, to the individuals? Firstly, they need to be involved. It needs to be explained. You need to give possibilities to understand how the company caved came to these six, seven things or whatever it is. Um, you need to give them a lot of possibilities, your colleagues, to understand why the mission um, is like the mission is and how to do with the mission over time and why the vision is like the vision is based on history and where we want to go. Um, you need to mutually have gatherings where you discuss things based on uh, for example, the core values or the mission. 
Um, and then you need to sort of more and more over time safeguard and nurture that it actually becomes a natural part, part of the culture. And then uh, one more thing, you shouldn't be afraid to change it over time. You, you must remember that, that it might be that you were not right from the beginning, that you missed some logic or you missed some sort of buy-in or the world changes, the industry changes, the company changes, the owners change or whatever it is. So, so you can't do this document once you must at least review it yearly and um, evolve it step by step. And you started off by saying that all companies need to define what it means for them, for example. And uh, what, what's a good approach to, to gather those definitions so that everyone knows what it means? In, in, in our case, usually it's with a smaller group with a client uh, to sit down whether it's digitally or physically to let's say, for example, if it would be you and me, I, I would ask you, okay, Alexander, um, what's a vision for you? And then you tell whatever you tell. And then I tell, okay, in my world, that's an objective and objectives is enough other thing. And then we discuss a bit and then we try to phrase um, a garbage draft or a draft or an outline of the first version of it. Uh, perhaps before we meet with everyone, that, that should be in the sort of main team. And the, the same thing with, with everything. If, if you and I would do it for, for a brand, we would definitely define the mission and the vision if it doesn't exist already. And, and if we should change it, we still need to start with the definitions and then look at the existing vision that we're going to upgrade or evolve or, or whatever um, and we will look at both the the meaning of a positioning core values positioning statement personality and brand because when we sit down if we can start by agreeing okay this is it this is what we will use it for and this further on is the next step it, i think it's a clear advantage there there are other ways of working with this there are companies who think there's absolutely no difference between uh, brand mission and brand vision or mission and vision. And there are companies that, that have a problem to see the difference between an objective and a purpose. But that's why I think it's important to, to clarify it. I, I think a mission, for example, is always task-based. What is the task that a company or a team or a project or, or whoever have? I, I never think that missions can be anything but tasks. And how do you find vision? Mm -hmm. uh, usually with a, a vision, it's the same discussion. Someone saying, yeah, yeah, but uh, you have to think like a man on the moon. Um, but then you need to read the full quote by uh, former president, Mr. Kennedy, uh, because if I remember right, he said, our goal is to put the man on the moon before the end of this decade or something like that. And that is clearly for me an objective. And so they did. So, so I, I think it doesn't have to be measurable. It needs to be achievable, but doesn't have to be achieved. So I, something like, that it tells how you shall be seen in a future business context. It might be pretty emotional. 
It might be futuristic. It might be philosophical. But, but in my world, the discussion starts with, okay, should the vision, what should the vision be? I think it should tell how we want to be seen, how we shall be seen. Yeah. Well, great. Um, I think um, that's it. Do you have any other tips related to definitions, vision, mission, brand positioning? One, one regarding definitions. I had a conversation the other day with a customer and I started mentioning definitions and, and she told me, oh, we've done that so many times, nobody reads it. But, but the point of having definitions is like being the secretary um, in a steering group. You decide what is true. So, so my recommendation is always start by defining things and then what it is and then what to use it for. Because it's a huge advantage that, as we have spoken about many times in in pod episodes, um, there are so many buzzwords, and most people use the buzzwords. But if they would go and get interrogated, what the difference is between vision and mission, or inbound and content marketing, and blah blah blah, that they will end up in different stories. So, so I would say as Based on your question, define things. And and a good start to define things is to go to one source of truth. If you go to Google and you put digital definitions, and then you do um, space, and then you put suma.agency, then you find a very, very updated uh, version of digital definitions where you hopefully can find the definitions of what you and I have spoken about. If not, you and I are in a hurry and must add those things very, very quickly to keep our promises. Yes, we will make sure that those are there when this is published. (laughs) Anything you want to tell Jeff about vision or mission? Do you think they do a good job? Yeah, they do a very good job. And, and actually, if you would, uh, if you would Google on Jeff's brand, uh, you will find a couple of things on Suma.agency on the um, onlineification hub about his brand and how they formulate things. He, he's one of the few that knows the differences between uh, the different phrasings. He's top class. Well done, Jeff. Sounds like all roads lead to Suma.agency online notification hub. So thank you very much, Anders. Thank you, Alexander. See you.